welcome everybody to Mog Talk episode, uh, what is it, 249 now, uh, Saturday, November 20th. Uh, and 2021, if you're unfamiliar with Mock Talk, it's a show based around the Final Fantasy XIV community discussing everything from Savage Rating and Chuckabo Racing. And we have two wonderful guests on, and I'll have them introduce themselves. And we'll start with, uh, we'll start with Anonymous. Anonymous, tell everybody who you are, man. Uh, I am Anonymous. Um, I like lore. That's pretty much, that's pretty much it. Everything, everything that... I could possibly say about me descends from I just started talking about lore one day and never stopped and I just ended up here. Um, this was before there was a forum. This was, you know, like there was nothing to it at the time. And so I never know how to introduce myself because it's just kind of like, okay, so I write some stuff from Gamer Escape. I edited a book for Square <laughs> Enix once. I'm in the forums a lot. Like, what? Well, I don't know. If you know why you invited me, you probably know better than I do what I do. Uh, I just, for your good looks, dude, that's really it. <laughs> Good enough reason, dude. <laughs> Shoot. <laughs> well, let's go ahead and have our next guest introduce himself, uh, Pyro, if you don't mind. Hello, I'm uh, I'm Pyro, Pyromancer, and uh, I stream uh, on Twitch, and I yell at the game, and I yell at chat sometimes, and uh, I've been trying to yell less, but sometimes I yell more, okay. and uh, here we are, and, th and thanks for having me. <laughs> of course, that's great, that's great. Uh, so if you guys haven't guessed what the show's about today, it's about talking about this journey that we're, we're following Pyro's journey basically here as he goes through the Final Fantasy XIV storyline. Uh, you know, we had you on when you first started playing as the intro player from coming from WoW, and then we had another one after you finished and talked about uh, a little bit of Heaven's Ward, but mostly finishing up a Realm Reborn. Uh, mm -hmm. Now we're here, and you're at patch 4.3. Is that correct? Uh, just ended 4.3, about to start 4.4. 4. Yeah. Okay, okay. Just so, about to get into the prep for, for Shadowbringers. Yeah, yeah. I think that's around time it starts to close out there uh, with Stormblood. There's probably elements, uh, you know, I, ca I can't remember well enough, <laughs> but there's elements right. that might bleed in. Uh, and that's why I have Moose on here to help me kind of uh, lead this conversation and have these thoughtful discussions about lore and everything, because that's something that we know... You love Pyro, uh, and I mm -hmm. figured we'd have you come on for this third episode. Before we get into Endwalker, this is the last one we can really do. Yeah, before it's the expansion a little close comes now. out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, hopefully, you know, hopefully later down the road we will revisit all of this when you finish Endwalker and have like a pretty big talk about Shadowbringers, Endwalker, Final Fantasy fourteen because that's. You know the story. We're going to be literally caught. Up. Are you excited to be completely caught up to the story? By the way, Pyro. Uh, yes and no. I think yes because uh, I'm very excited to get to the Shadowbringer stuff. I know that most people have been very excited for me to get there because that's where a lot of the the themes that I really enjoy out of fantasy uh, really kick off heavily. Mm -hmm. Um, and. And no, at the same time, uh, because I don't want to be stuck in the waiting room like everybody else, you know, <laughs> uh, being stuck in that that several month waiting room until the next patch comes and you get that next bit of story is uh, is going to be it's a thing that I haven't had to do for a while. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, that anticipation and excitement that it builds is always a good thing, too. So, yes yeah. and no. 
<laughs> well, I mean, like I imagine, like when you finish up and you kind of get to the end, then you could get into the real nitty gritty, like digging in deep lore, trying to make connections. Charlie right. Day with a, you know, his wall kind of situation. Right? <laughs> yeah, I'll have plenty. I'll have plenty of wall space uh, to do that here soon. <laughs> um, awesome. And and yeah, I mean that's that's the thing. I, you know, a lot of people want me to dive into things deeply now, and you, you just can't. You know, you have right. to respect. Um, you have to respect the progression of the story, and and uh, not talk about things when you don't really, <laughs> when you don't really know too much about them. So I throw mm -hmm. out ideas about what I think is going to happen as it's coming up, but uh, mm -hmm. but yeah, generally that's how I feel about that. Yeah. But, uh, well, just to make sure everyone watching chat, a moose, everybody, our limit here is 4.3. So just ignore Shadowbringers completely, lead up to Shadowbringers, all that stuff just doesn't exist right now. We're in the world before all that happened, right? Yeah. We probably should be... Mm. Can't believe you're doing this to me. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Four, it had to be 4.4, like my jam? No, 4. Point, yeah, your jam. Your jams, you can't get into it, dude. You gotta wait. We're coming back for 4.4. Like, <laughs> we'll show next week. We're going to talk <laughs> We'll talk about Shadowbringers too. Shadowbringers is great, but 4.4 pretty damn oh, good. I was, well, I mean, I don't know about that. Like I'm not going to say like the whole patch is like this, you know, we'll, we'll Just, get to it. Yeah, we'll get okay. to it. Uh, <laughs> there's, a, there's a scene I like a lot. That's that's all. It's just okay. a very important scene for me. Okay. Okay. It's a person. Oh. Yeah. As a, okay, I don't know what that means, but okay. You start like playing it, and all of a sudden, moose just shows up on your screen in the story or something. I'm gonna You're be like, fighting ah, like a, a moose with like a mask on the whole like. <laughs> wait, is that the anonymous? Oh, jeez, uh, never mind. Yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> well, all right, all right, all right. So, uh, we'll probably be talking about like imagine Stormblood came out and we finished 4.0 that day. We, we, Pyro can kind of dig a little bit further past that, but I think I'm going to stay behind that 4.0 bent that line right there, just to make sure. sure I don't, you know, make any connections uh, going forward from there. Sure. Uh, so we didn't really get to finish up. Well, you know what? I want to talk a little bit about you, Pyro, because I, I am very interested <laughs> in your journey in Final Fantasy 14 so far, because it's been a little sure. bit since you came on, uh, yeah. and lots, lots has happened. You've basically became a, like a streamer as your main career right now right yeah yeah so uh so yeah i'm not i don't work at best buy anymore which is why i worked before um mm -hmm. before i worked there i actually did full-time streaming for a year uh which i'm glad that i did because it really gave me like a test run of mm -hmm. of how it was going to work um but this time around you know instead of streaming for 200 people i'm streaming for for five or six thousand and um it's it's kind of insane uh and i don't think that i'm really used to it i don't know if you get used to it i i, I guess some people probably do after a while um but yeah i i stream this game a couple times a week and spend time in the discord hanging out with people uh that are subs and stuff like that mm -hmm. um and and outside of that i just kind of enjoy my free time as best as i can and um yeah this game has really enabled me to to adopt a, a lifestyle that I'm, I'm, uh, I mean, I'm still <laughs> extremely thankful for, uh, and it's so incredibly, incredibly rare that it's uh, a thing. So it's it's been stable and it's been kind to me, and and we're we're not even at the best part yet. So, uh, 
I'm excited. I, I, th- I think it'll, I think it'll, it'll go well. I think it'll continue going well. Yeah, I, I, I I'm pretty confident uh, it will. Uh, but that being said, have you like had any? Has WoW still been like entering your life and everything since <laughs> <laughs> you know you started? I don't think this? I don't know if I can really ever fucking truly escape WoW because uh, even when I don't play it and I don't read about it and I I don't even have the shit installed, right. uh, it still comes to my chat all the time. You know, any any time that something ever happens with WoW, I'm I hear about it. You know? <laughs> have you have you watched Preach's nine point two reaction? Did you watch nine point two? What do you mm-hmm. think? Do you see the stuff about Bobby Kodak threatening to have someone killed? And I'm just like, yeah, fucking at this point, you guys, like we've seen so much stuff. I feel like this is basically like the liberation for Doma. Like I'm I'm one of these motherfuckers hanging around. I've seen so much shit that I'm not even surprised anymore. Like, <laughs> like Yatsuyu could walk into the camp and slaughter five people and I wouldn't even be shocked. Bobby Kodak could be the man behind 9-11. I wouldn't even be shocked at this point, dude. Like Jeez. it's fucking, it's crazy. Yeah. It's fucked up for sure, dude. Uh, well, I'm glad you're still here. I'm glad like that whole dive into Final Fantasy 14 has really worked out for you, uh, and is still working out for you, and you still Thanks. have a lot to go. <laughs> yeah, to yeah. enjoy and absorb, like absorb until you're like hitting that like, hey, I'm at the same le- le- level. I'm I'm guessing like the same point in story right. and like everything with everyone else. Yeah. Um, but uh, let's let's go back a little bit and finish up on some of our Heaven's Word talk. I can't remember exactly where we ended off, but I guess we could just kind of hit the tail end of it. Yeah. Uh, so what are your general <laughs> thoughts, just Heaven's Word, the first expansion after coming out of A Realm Reborn? How did it uh, sit with you after finishing Yeah, that up? game's fucking nuts. One of the best games I've ever played in my entire life. Narratively, amazing. The music was amazing. Pacing was amazing. The fights were amazing. The raids, the fucking trials, they, they were literally all amazing. When they say it's critically acclaimed, it's not a fucking joke. Like, it's one of the most exceptional gaming experiences on any platform in any genre that I've ever had, period. Well, fuck. Like, <laughs> Heaven's Ward is, I said it in my, I mean, I said it in my video. I said it when I, um, when I finished it. Like, the, the, that expansion is a literal fucking masterpiece. Like, I don't have, I don't have any real criticisms for it. I mean, I, I, I cried several times, some for being happy, some for being sad. I felt, I felt bad for, for characters like Nidhogg that, you know, historically aren't given the type of attention necessary to, to, to gain almost any level of empathy with someone that's that hell bent on vengeance. You almost never get that kind of insight. And so to see that kind of development not not happening only for the main characters and side characters like Arshafont and Nisael and uh, and and Amaric, but also seeing uh, also getting it's like your first it's like your first real fucking like dose of of true um, insight on on the bad guys mm. uh, in a way that isn't presented the same quite the same in a Realm Reborn. Uh, yeah, it was amazing. Okay. Moose, does that like kind of make sense for what you understand with Heaven's Word and everything else? How his reaction is to it? I mean, yeah. I mean, it's like my one of my favorite games, and it like I mean, take where I am into consideration. Usually, I have to deal with the big war between Heaven uh, Heaven's Word and um, Stormblood. So mm. to not have to have them pit against each other and be able to celebrate them independently for their strengths and what they brought to the table is kind of a unique experience in and of itself. So to just be able to sit here and praise it like that. Yeah. I agree with everything. Yeah. 
I and and I think uh, Stormblood as its own standalone experience is uh, is is very worth talking about as well. Uh, and I, I'll have plenty to say once we're on that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, sure, yeah, yeah, and that's more fresh in your head, right? That's because you just kind of wrapped that up not too long ago. Um, yeah, yeah, that's that's really fresh for me. Yeah, but in uh, Heaven's Word, I guess what what was something in that whole expansion? What I mean, I get was it Nidhogg that stood out the most for you? Or was there something else? Like if you had to put it on one thing. Uh, I don't think I can really put it on one thing. You know, I, I think the biggest moments are probably going to be some of the most common, common, you know, commonly referred to moments for most people. Um, like the the tie back in with uh, Azale, how she's how she helps us in Azus Law and sacrifices herself then, and and uh, helps us, you know, to escape the the Imperials in that moment uh, alongside Race Felger, like that. The f- like the fact that she's able to help us in that kind of way, I didn't. I wasn't really expecting uh, Azael and Orshafant to kind of to to have any impact really after that. So, get like getting to the very end with the whole Nidhog thing and as emotionally driven as that is, especially with the involvement of Astinian at that point, like having like the pro- prospect of trying to rip these dragon eyes off of somebody that we care a lot about mm-hmm. and the 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 fear that we might not be able to do it without him dying uh or we might not be able to do it at all um and and then i think that that moment when the camera pans up to azale standing there and helping you like i just fucking lost it like that uh that is probably like my single most memorable moment from the expansion uh because even though the whole plot with like what i really like that they kind of do in this game is they use they use and they do it really well as they use like the city or area to kind of represent the whole the general idea and that's done very well with Ishgard and how the holy see is like manipulating their citizens without them knowing um and how this like underlying secrecy is literally feeding the vengeance and hatred that's kept both sides suffering for so long like that that how that aspect is presented and then how they use individual characters to present and overcome those barriers is so fucking good, dude. Like the way they use Azale and Astinian to illustrate that kind of like the person who wants to bring the good, but just doesn't really like have quite the right methods. And then the person who just can't bring himself to believe in it because he's part of the problem. Like seeing that clash and that kind of microcosm of honestly kind of like Shiva and, and Nidhogg in a, in a sense, like seeing that represented among the characters alongside the, the grander narrative is it's just, it's so well done. It's so well paced that it really paints the picture. What, you know, in a, in a really digestible way. So. Oh, that's, that's <laughs> shit, dude. Like you're saying literally all the correct things about <laughs> the story and all the conversations that we've had in the past. Uh, and it's just so exciting to like hear all these thoughts kind of come back uh, and you're articulate like I can't articulate anything apparently right but uh, <laughs> you're, you're doing a great job at it uh, so Thanks. holy shit dude um, all right so main story what, what about the did you do any of the side content with like the trials and stuff oh, all like of that? it okay yeah I do all of it if there's if there's if there's a raid or a trial to have been done it's or a dungeon it's it has been done okay okay so yeah. uh a lot of people were excited for the trials at the time that was like a huge deal mm. um yeah 
what are your thoughts like after doing the trials? Uh, they're pretty sick. I think um, the Warring Triad was a really cool like uh, trial series that I felt was nicely presented as um, in a kind of that expansion on like what is the, that threat that Thornton was potentially trying to use as empowerment? What does that actually look like? And getting to go in and see um, those bosses like Sephiroth uh, actually display the powers that they wield. Um, and then later on, uh, learning a little bit further about their interactions uh, with the Alagons. Like I like the lore with that as well, but I like the side story stuff for the, for the trial series. That was, that was neat. Um, the Thornton fight was fucking sick. Uh, that's probably like my number two moment in the whole expansion. Um, is that confrontation with Thornton? Uh, mm. I didn't like you, you start to get the hinting of like, you know, what's going on. You know, you, you get, you get, the impression that oh he can, okay he's he's obviously going to do this summoning but you you have no you don't really know what to expect out of it so when you get this fucking 18 24 foot tall fucking steel giant of retribution standing there like that was fucking crazy that was intimidating it was exciting uh and just the whole build up to it you know like mm -hmm. the music that they play like <laughs> as the fight starts like the 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 uh the the um the the intermission like the transitions between phases was so fucking sick like yeah. the like when when all 12 knights surround you and like they try to cast like their ultimate and it still doesn't kill you like oh man mm. it was just that fight is so fucking sick dude that's i can't wait till they do until they do ultimate because uh I know I haven't done ultimates before, but I, I will be interested in I will be interested in doing that. There's a good chance by the time that you're you'll be like completely I'm not completely caught up with every side quest of every ever ever everything, <laughs> but like you know you'll be caught up with the main story quest and you'll be able to get into ultimate uh, and you'll be able yeah. to see uh, and that's kind of the the beauty of what they do with ultimates is they kind of let you relive kind of your past experiences in the story inside this boss fight and throw it yeah. all kind of together. And uh, I, that's what we expect them to do. Uh, so we're all pretty fucking yeah. hype. <laughs> I think it'll, uh, dude, what I would, uh, what I think would be kind of cool is if they, uh, if, if the ultimate included like uh, what, what happened to Thornton, like what abilities would Thornton get or what transformation or something like that would he undergo if he did get those powers from, from the warring Tryon? And, like, getting to fight the empowered versions of Thornton from, like, each of the three Warring Triad members would be fucking sick. Like, <laughs> getting to see that actually come to fruition would be so cool. Because I was I was genuinely, like, scared. I was like, dude, if, if Thornton gets these, we're fucked. Like, that's that's it. Like, we don't have any chance. These these primals are way fucking stronger than, than uh, the, most of the primals that we've seen. Mm -hmm. uh, speaking of which... Uh, the whale primal bismarck terrible fight <laughs> terrible terrible fight uh and unfortunately i think it was on that boss that i made the mistake of not not looting the spanner and then leaving i pulled a zeppla uh, uh. and then we had to go back and farm it more <laughs> uh and yeah. then at ravana ravana was really cool that was a fucking that was yeah. a pretty uh a pretty sick trial um and uh, another depiction of a primal a primal that summoned not not necessarily out of fear or uh, necessity for survival, but more out of the desire to expand and colonize, just quite literally doing what the hive mind does. Uh, so I, I, I quite like the trials um, out of heaven's ward, anything from Ravana Bismarck's all right uh, <laughs> to, to, to Shiva uh, to fighting, um, 
to fighting Nidhogg would be, you know, I guess was Nidhogg is Nidhogg a trial? I guess Nidhogg Extreme is a trial, isn't it? Yeah, technically. Yeah, I've yeah. never fought. I don't. I, I don't think I've actually done the extremes out of a uh, Heaven's Ward yet. Um, hmm. I don't think I have. At least not extreme. I don't think I ever did extreme. Anyway, but yeah, yeah. you get the point. The trials oh, yeah. were good. Okay, good, good, good. Yeah, when I was Bismarck, it, it kind of reminded me like jumping on the back of the whale and popping the like pimples on the back wing, of it. Uh, for some reason, that yeah, that that was Deathwing, man. And I was yeah. just like, <laughs> it was a very toned down Deathwing, but yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. At least he doesn't roll. Oh, God. Oh, the PTSD on that. My raid group when I was playing back then. Dude, Jesus Christ. For me, it's not even like I didn't even play the game back then. So for people that don't know what we're talking about, in World of Warcraft, there was a boss called Spine of Deathwing where you you climbed up the back of this dragon and uh, you, like, defeated, like, pustules and segments of his armor until you got up to his neck and you engaged the final fight. But uh, if you stood on one... If too many people... If more people in the group were standing on the right side than the left side or vice versa for too long, then Deathwing would roll and everybody that was not standing in lava on there would fall off. Uh, so I'm very glad that it's not quite like Deathwing. Yeah, yeah. I, my PTSD comes from trying to solo that shit because when you solo, you have to run left and right and left and right oh. and left <laughs> and right the whole time because you're the only person. But anyway... Anyway. Yeah. Anyways, anyways, fuck well. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> kind of true. <laughs> but, you know, so the trials were definitely pretty standout. I think most people would kind of agree with you on uh, Bismarck. It's just, it, it was something for them to try. And every once in a while, yeah. you probably notice, like, they do something. And it's kind of like them trying something. And Yeah, you don't want them works. to all be the fucking same, you know? If you yeah. never try anything new, then you'll never... You know, it'll just feel this static. Yeah. So, and you can see them trying stuff in the raids as well. So that does kind of bring us to the raids a little bit. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <How do> you... <laughs> tell, tell me. Uh, I kind of want to hear Moose talk for a second here. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna have this. Uh, what do you think's going through Pyro's head right now about the raid story in Heaven's War? The raid story in Heaven's Word. Are we talking eight man raid or twenty four man raid? Oh, the eight man. Sorry, not the not the twenty four man raid. Yeah. Okay, so we're thinking about the eight man raid. We're thinking about it's Alexander, Alexander. right? Yeah, Alexander, yeah, it's Alexander. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Like we we end up on we end up on the f same frequency, like a coin toss of the time. And I have like very passionate opinions about time travel stories in general. Yeah. So <laughs> Alexander, like, I mean. Is it, do, do you have strong opinions about the use of time travel in Alexander? Yeah, uh, I have media, moderate opinions. Yeah, okay. I don't. I generally don't like time travel just because it's very confusing. Damn. And I so I did all of Alexander, and then I went back and read like a synopsis of the raid, and I was like, wait a second, there's two Alexanders. <laughs> I'm so fucking confused. Like I didn't. It was. It was good. It was good. It, but it was yeah, time travel's confusing. I I genuinely find that like time travel stories either cheapen cheapen the rules or cheapen the world by yep. making it by making it smaller or more rigid and I I appreciated that Alexander found a way to kind of walk a tightrope there. Yeah. Um by not cheapening the world and not cheapening the timeline. Yeah, so I, what, I, so what really is going through yeah. your head when you think Alexander? What's the first thing that pops up? Music. <laughs> um, <laughs> the music. The music okay. was super good. Uh, yeah. the, the fights. The fights were decently fun. As far as the story goes, it was one of my favorite um, 
you know, uh, individual stories of the game, uh, the it made me it made me cry like a fucking baby at the end just because it's it's uh, it's so it's so symbolic and just so beautiful between the two of them getting to share eternity. Uh, even though it sounds nice now, it'll probably be awful in a million years, but they'll find out. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but anyway, um, yeah. it, it was it was good. I mean that I so I did Alexander in a single stream. That was like a fifteen hour day. Damn. And um, because I was like, yeah, it'll take like two and a half hours, right? And then uh, no, no, it didn't. Um, but as far as the time traveling stuff goes, like it was kind of uh, it was confusing, but it. I did like that, like kind of like what you're saying, Moose. It didn't, it didn't cheapen, it didn't, it didn't get us out of anything else. You know what I'm saying? Like the the time travel didn't, wasn't like uh, the 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 fucking random event that probably shouldn't have happened that somehow got us out of like this terrible main storyline thing. It was kind of its own contained thing, um, and I. In the moment, I had trouble following it, but I did have to kind of read like an outline after the fact so that I could truly understand what had happened. Um, but generally, it was presented in a pretty digestible way. My experience from other games, time travel stuff can it's like time travel and WoW is the it's so bad. But um, so yeah, I, I'm glad I didn't go too too far and too crazy in this game. Okay, how did you feel about the goblins? Um, they're pretty funny. Like the part where they come and they like they're like holding explosives, like threatening us with it, and then we just shoot it. <laughs> I'm sitting there thinking, like, why don't they just fucking cap that thing? And then, I'll, oh, hey, look at that! <laughs> she decides to. Uh, so they were goofy. They were funny. Um, getting getting to inter like this game has a really cool way of like getting you to uh, care about creatures that aren't like you you know mm. uh, i think obviously the whole concept of the beast tribes is like one of the big reinforcements of that premise um and so getting to interact with the goblins and like getting to see more of what they value and what's what's important to them and um how they spend their time like w- how is their brain wired like what are what, what do goblins do um and you know them being tinkerers and engineers uh getting to see uh them kind of interact with such a magnificent thing as Alexander was also really cool and getting to kind of see like these goblins kind of marvel, not necessarily like in the machine itself, but more so just like the concept of like the ingenuity of like the sheet, the machine and like they, they, they have like a deeper appreciation for it, which is like a weird, it's just like a weird, it's just a different mindset that we get to look at. Um, and obviously then the way they talk is super cute, you know, like the way that they'll say, you know, there's mixed over. opinions about that, I think. I think it, some people didn't really appreciate the over-comedic effects of the, the goblins in there. But. The, there's a couple parts where I'm like, I wish you just fucking speak kind of normally, because I don't know what you just said. But <laughs> I think you're talking about a bridge, so I'm going right. to go over the fucking bridge. Right. Uh, but but most, but most most for the most part, it, it was pretty damn good. Uh, Alexander... Um, was one of those raids that really reinforced yet again this belief that that I have, and it seems pr- it seems pretty apparent to me that that as they develop this game and as they have open open plots and closed plots, um, that they're they're the creators of this game are definitely reinforcing a certain type like a certain type of thought process mm-hmm. uh, as far as like digesting um, digesting emotion. I think is one of the biggest ones. Like just handling it and like what are the acceptable ways to handle that and and 
how you know how how that affects us and when i got out of alexander having seen the end of it um it was just another one of those moments of like damn dude like I can tell just what I played, what I just did was just crafted with a lot of love. And there's a lot of meaning baked into that story that I just saw finish. Um, and that was, uh, I don't know, it was special. I, f- I feel like Alexander's one of those raids that really made me feel like that. Uh, Void Arc is, is not. Um, okay. So, let's yeah, hit, I guess we let's can... Let's hit Void Arc. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, why, what was your issues with uh, Void Arc? Uh, I didn't, uh, so Void Arc I like, I liked because, um, I don't know a ton about the ancient mage civilizations, uh, like the mock. So getting to go into something <laughs> developed by them, uh, was, was pretty sick. Uh, I believe, I believe they created the Void Arc if, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I, yeah. Oh, the, oh yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, I guess that, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and so that was neat. Getting to see more of the void scent was pretty cool. And that that's the uh we we're we're fighting like with Diabolos and shit throughout that raid, aren't we? He's like mm-hmm. uh Yeah, yeah. That's that one like the thing is like you can tell it didn't um it didn't stick with me as much. Like that that raid very much so felt more like a let's get in there and like take out the bad guys kind of raid. Um, which the Alliance raids so far have kind of tended to feel that way. There's a lot of story delivery that happens there, and so I have notes on the whole thing, but um, n- like thinking back to it off the top of my head, nothing particularly stands out. Like it was a cool, it was a cool raid, um, but not the most memorable thing. Um, okay. You didn't yeah. care about the sky pirates. Uh, yeah. the sky pirates were just like, no, I don't really care. <laughs> <laughs> no. You didn't care about the no. cat. The, the which cat? Catchy. Oh yeah, you mean? Oh yeah, yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah, see, you see what I mean? Like there was some dude. I have to go back and read the notes because I, I'm gonna be honest. I can't even really remember what happened in that raid. Like, I remember, I remember they were trying to steal. A, I can't even fucking remember. They had like okay. a big stone or something, and they were like trying to get the stone. Diabolo stole the so- stone out of the ship to summon a thing. I can't remember. That's all right. I mean, it's it's hard. Like after you're going through like the main story quest and everything else, and then you just have this other story that's just like kind of like it's kind of there, there. Just on the side. Yeah, <laughs> it yeah. It's hard to get into it. Um, and and you know, it's funny when you said the cat. The first thing that popped into my head was that fucking cat from Alexander. And it's funny. <laughs> it's funny because the first time I saw the fucking cat, I like look. I looked at my chat and I was like, that fucking cat's the primal. <laughs> everyone's like laughing in the chat and i was just like goofing around i'm like that fucking cat right there like that's the primal and then the cat started to show up more and i was like guys i'm starting to fucking think like that cat's literally part of this thing like what the fuck's going on and then we at the very end we find out like oh like it actually kind of is like what the yeah. fuck so when you said cat i was like oh that cat oh wait there was another cat that talks i forgot about that one <laughs> yeah, well, the one that stands on two legs the Alexander cat has importance in the community for very many reasons. Uh, but yeah, I, I, yeah, it turned into its own self-contained meme on my channel. Oh, yeah, I see. Is that... <laughs> a fucking black cat. Ma, you mother... Ma, there's a weird fucking cat outside! It looks like Grandma, the fucking thing! I don't want it to pick a fight with Lucy! It's okay, Lucy! It's okay! You know, the, you know the video. video. I forgot about that video, man. Is that even um, a fucking cat? Like, <laughs> motherfucker. 
Yeah, uh, that's that's what it's and so, some this like a viewer made that and they put like a, a yellow ma on the fucking silhouette of the cat or on the, just a little cut out of the cat and yeah. I was like that's a fucking Twitch emote. There you go, done. Yeah. <laughs> if if so. you guys haven't subbed the pyro, go ahead and do it right now so you can get that emote. Uh, <laughs> give it. Hey, it, actually, yeah. if you follow, you get a free emote. So really? if you follow, I have an emote here. Maybe I can show you guys in the Discord. It's called yeah. Kexetsu, or that's my that's that's a version of Kekw. That someone created, and I that's if to, that's. Oh, I have yeah, to look great. here on my phone. I can't because I'm like cropping Discord right now. I can't. Right, like, if you pull it, then it'll. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I can look at it on my phone though. Give me one second. I'll take a look. <laughs> no, yeah, no worries. It's a Kek. It's a fucking Kek W Gosetsu emote. And, oh, that's uh, pretty good. That's pretty it's good. A, yeah. <laughs> you don't have to sub. You can just follow. <laughs> yeah. Do it, guys. Uh, oh yeah, and 10k subs is a bunny apparently, right? Yeah, I'm go so yeah. I guess I might have made a mistake, dude. So yesterday I was like playing, and I was like, I was like, fuck it, I'll play a bunny if we get to 10k. Uh, and to be, I don't think we'll get there, but we'll see. Uh, but then like 30 minutes later, I was like, yeah, this might have been too low a number again. <laughs> like we, yeah. we might need to. It's kind of insane, dude. The, the 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 there's like some cultists out there. Like I thought the Lala cult was crazy, and then now these people want me to play a bunny, and they're like. They're crazy. It's too. crazy. Uh, no, I was uh, doing a world race charity event, and I was like, "Fuck, I'm I'm out of incentives here." Uh, let's see, I'll just raise the incentive by you know two, three thousand dollars. Bunny girl, I'll dress up as a bunny. No, not bunny girl, cat girl. I'll, I'll do I'll do a cosplay as a cat girl. One second later, someone donated like three thousand dollars. Oh my god! So I would be a, a cat girl. So don't oh don't doubt. Uh, the the bunny the bunny people have been it, it's been stewing for a long time believe it or not since 2010 because when when Yoshida first since the launch no because when you when Yoshida san first came onto the game one of the first things he did was this player poll where you know he interviewed everyone about you know what's really important to you what would bother you if we change what would bother you if we didn't change. And he was like, well, if you if let's say we added another race, what would you want them to be like? And one of the examples was, you know, like another mammalian race like the Vera. And all of a sudden, like all like the statistics just whoosh right into we need Vera in this game. And he's like, oh, shit, I shouldn't have, I shouldn't have name dropped the Vera. So we get up to Heaven's Word launch and everyone's like, yeah, new race, new race is going to be the bunnies. We all said Vera and we got the lizard girls <laughs> and the lizard boys. And everyone was like, where the hell are the bunnies? <laughs> yeah. He's like, it just, it makes more sense whether or not this. So yeah. And then it just, it was, it was years and years and years of this is going to be the bunnies. It's not the bunnies. And then we only got the bunny girls. And it was like, we, people would ask about bunny boys, and Yoshida's like, I don't know, they're kind of weird, maybe, I'll think about it. <laughs> and then when they, when they finally <laughs> happened, it was just like, there's no coming back from it now, yeah. like, everyone's too excited. Yeah, yeah it's, uh, it's 10 years it in the like making. Craze. <laughs> <laughs> so all, all because he started with name dropping them. Oh, yeah. no. Yeah. I mean, and this is also coming after, like, when did uh, Final Fantasy XII come out? What was that? That was like oh, that was like 2006, six somewhere. So it's just a few years after that, and that was a huge thing with that game, right? <laughs> the VR was huge. Uh, oh, okay. 
Yeah, yeah. It was like, uh, you know, you look at a trailer and it was like bunny girls like everywhere in the trailer. And oh, Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but anyways, anyways, uh, Evans Ward, no bunnies exist yet. Um, no. So when we're you're going through that story, I am curious, though, uh, Moose, we talked about all the kind of main topics here and mm-hmm. Evans Ward in general. Do you have any questions for Pyro that you would want to ask him about it? Hmm. Can you what define you like in terms of where in terms of like where things might be going or what he thinks about things we've seen? What you're curious about, what's going in Pyro's head about Heaven's Word? Hmm. <laughs> if you can think, if you can think of something. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm trying. To, what I what I usually do in these scenes is I have this kind of like background processing going of like what kind of seed can I plant that this discussion <laughs> this discussion is going to blossom into something later while you're playing, and you're gonna come back and you're gonna have a passionate opinion about something that's gonna make chat be like, yeah, talk about that. So like that's <laughs> the thing I'm always trying to look for is like what can I like think of a, a little without giving so anything away too, can i put right? right i got i got a good one i got a good okay. one okay. okay so one thing that heaven's word and Stormblood, um they both do really well but don't talk about it all is lay out kind of a sensible path for what the Asians are doing right because their plan went sideways in 2.0 they don't have a plan right now they're course correcting you know what i mean okay so when you look at the Asians trying to fix this situation that they've been put in that you're still alive right um what what is coming up for you in terms of what do you think the Asians are even like trying to accomplish that their plan is so easily malleable and they're not all that surprised that it goes sideways so much. Like, what do you think of Elidibus and what he's working on, how he operates? Um, Dan, that's a really good question. <laughs> I mean, I mean, Elidibus has commented on the way that the others were acting before, as far as them, like trying to rush uh, the rejoining. Um, and I think that was in reference to La Habrea and Igiorm, or that might have actually been about Nabriales originally. But, um, <clears throat> I mean, yeah, Elidibus is specifically pretty interesting because he uh, obviously is the emissary. <laughs> when he was talking to Varys in a recent cutscene, he mentioned how he doesn't really give a shit what he does to the other Asians. He's like, whatever you want to do to the black-robed Asians, like my black-robed brothers, like, I'm not going to stop you, uh, but I'm going to have my my methods, and uh, you're going to have to kind of trust me. But then again, Varys, I mean, it's, I don't know, dude, he's so fucking shady still. Like, he like he dodges Varys's questions when Varys is, like, trying to figure out his intent. He never really fully exposes or, or answers the questions directly. <laughs> Um, as far as like what they're, what they're doing, um, I mean, like, are you referring to like, I guess it's so broad for me, I guess I'm not, I'm not really sure. I can can narrow it down a little bit by giving like an example, I think, um, Heavensward doesn't do a lot to highlight what 
Thornton was. Like, if you think about it, it starts to become very clear. But, like, there's no cutscene where they tell you that this whole thing was... They just wanted Thornton to build the Holy Ishgardian Empire and throw it against Garlemald so that there would be a Calamity-level war. Like, they lost their opportunity for a Calamity-level war in 2.0, and now they're... They like kind of lost control of the whole primal thing. We had that two point three cutscene where they're like, "Wow, even Ramu's just like, yeah, you go, dude. This sucks." And then you're like, "All right, so let's go to the north. Let's go to the Northlands. Let's inspire new gods." And then Shiva comes up, and you know he's trying to like Elidibus is giving the echo to a Sahagan in the background. And then all of a sudden, Thordin's like, "Yeah, no, I got a plan." And you think, "Well, you're just totally playing into the Asians' plan." Right. And then it and then it turns out that his whole like be an easily controlled empire builder that can make something that can challenge Garlemald enough that they'll have a calamity level war is he's actually going to whip out Nidhogg's lost eye, forge something capable of holding the power of the triad, kill the Asians, and probably maybe even stomp Garlemald. So like he maybe if we didn't kill him had a shot. Right. So like if you look at the Asians plan now going into you're going into Stormblood you're in 4.3. So you've seen a little about what Elidibus is is doing with Yeah, Mars. he's definitely trying to set up a war between us and <laughs> Yeah. And the so Imperials like, right now. And Stormblood likewise doesn't do a lot to highlight that Elidibus that That's what's happening. That yeah right like Elidibus's overt words are all like yeah yeah no just these are temporary losses but think of what you stand to gain later the empire's like totally going to conquer the world and you can kill my black robe friends if you want but it's to us as the players kind of obvious that he's trying to set up a calamity level war on some on some front right right so like what is your opinion kind of on that unspoken part of the story like where is all that headed. <laughs> that's a good question um <laughs> maybe something to think I, on I, I yeah i don't i don't know um okay. i mean i yeah i'm i don't i don't that's i fine. don't i don't know yeah, um it's okay to not Moose, know you fucked up yeah. dude i you know what? you had too good of a question you need to tone it down you need to tone it tone down. it down no tone well, it down I, I mean, I just, uh, it's hard to, I mean, that's something that I think about, like, what are they going for? But as far as, like, it seems like you're really honing in on, like, the the unspoken, like, kind of background uh, methods by which it's happening. Um, I don't know is a pretty valid thought for this, because, like, my, I, I'm putting myself in heaven's word brain. And the only thought that I could figure out in heaven's word was... My opinion was, I don't trust this fucking guy at all. Um, like, from his first cutscene, Elidibus struck me as kind of like a double speaky snake. Oh, yeah. And it sounds <laughs> and it sounds like you... Like, I feel comfortable saying that because it sounds like you're kind of getting the same impression of him the way he talks to bars. Like, he kind of oh, dodges I've always the th I've always thought like, that. Like, there's something, we, there was something about him that I didn't... Like, I'm putting myself in heaven's word brain, and I'm like, I'm, I'm doubting it because everyone seems to believe that there's a lot to his his words about he, that he really does care about balance that he's different than his brothers what does that like mean and I, it, may, it really made me doubt myself in terms of where i was in heaven's words so i'm wondering kind of what side you're falling on um 
Well, I mean, the the old, yeah, I mean, the older, the other Asians were always a little bit more direct and maybe a little bit too much so as far as what they're willing to offer up and their uh, from their mouth. But um, so it is interesting that Elidibus does pick and choose his words and kind of just is the subtle hand that guides people to their own destruction and kind of figuring out these other sources of power. Um, as far as like, do I trust him? Absolutely not. I haven't trusted an Asian since they were brought up in this fucking game. Uh, and it makes me wonder, like, are there, I don't know, like his garb being different. I know that it's white as the emissary and everything, but it almost like it honestly reminds me of like how we're supposed to be like led to look at Heidelin, right? Like, oh, well, there was balance and then Zodiac wanted power. So I locked him in a prison uh, and split everything up. And, uh, you know, it's all about balance. And since there can't be balance, then, you know, like, it's just, it, it makes me think of like, um, it's almost like, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I don't think that, uh, I don't understand why there's an, 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 a need for a distinction between he and the other Asians or, or how that designation was ever made. Uh, I also know that Varys, just saw Elidibus's face and is not happy about what he saw, which to me either <laughs> says that uh, Elidibus is someone that Varys knows, uh, that he didn't know that he knew, or Elidibus had assumed control of someone that Varys knew. Um, but outside of that, like, um, I'm not... <laughs> It, it, I don't know. I don't know. It, 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 it almost just feels like we're being coaxed along toward like our own doom. Um, mm. And I, I understand like obviously that, that they don't have like a I mean, I did. I actually to be frank, I don't I don't know that I really that I really did because of how the Asian storyline is kind of fragmented and put throughout mm -hmm. the main mm -hmm. story. So I guess I, I don't know if I truly realized that they that they didn't. I mean, I guess after Ultima, um, that was like the most defined plan that they have had. Um. Besides now, with Elidibus, uh, you know, taking assuming you know, assumingly taking over Xenos's body, um, so that's gonna get fucking crazy. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's something. It's something that I've thought about, but I'm just not. I'm just not really sure because I don't know. I don't fully have a concept. Like I know that when calamities happen, like we lose one of these worlds, right? Like I know that there's that that's going on, but I don't. I don't know that I. I full like fully understand all the consequences of it yet or um like if elidibus does cause a calamity one more time like it, i mean is that gonna is that gonna be enough like or is he gonna have to cause like six more or, or like I, I, don't... I still don't know the answer to that question yeah in i don't way. <laughs> like when we when because like they the way they talk about the plan is like yeah we'll get all of the pieces of him back together eventually it'll be fine right um but there was like a slide in a square enix presentation about like the, the kind of the threats we might face down the road and it was like can you survive the eighth and final umber era and oh. i'm like well what is it what if the, so if there's an eighth Wouldn't is it just over slide? like this I, I don't want to be specific about anything so i don't want to give any hints but oh, like okay there was a there was kind of like a panel they did where we talked about kind of content in general that they were like moving towards. And for some reason, the idea of like calling the potential eighth calamity, the final one, like really kind of stuck in my craw. 
Because yeah. like, is it just is it really the is it the last one they need or is it just the kind of the last one the writers plan for? Because they're <laughs> just not gonna right. Work. There's two <laughs> very different things happening there potentially. Yeah. Uh, and that's been like my thing is that I, I'm I've so, I'm sort of having a hard time understanding or like trying to predict the long game because I'm having a hard time wrapping my head around the more universal structure and and the effect of the calamities and things like that on it. And I don't really have like. I have a lot of notes. <laughs> I got to go back through them because it's too much to try to remember. Um, but. I mean, obviously, uh, you know, there's the Void Arc and you're like, what the fuck? You know, so there's just so right. much shit that's out there that you have to like piece together. Uh, <laughs> right. To make sense out of everything. Uh, and you yeah. really add a wonderful span of time where you're like, OK, I could just sit here and try to piece together everything right no i haven't sat down to try to piece together anything <laughs> like <laughs> i've literally just been playing the game <laughs> yeah and i mean there's lots of situations where they you know we, we we've gone through the whole life cycle of we're at this point of the story now they're promoting the expansion they're doing this and they're saying these things with these slides and we've talked to uh you know, during Heavensward, they even had lore conversations where they go into some of this stuff and everything else. And it's hard to remember, to be honest with you, when they said this, <laughs> when they said that, and how that actually relates to... I have a hard time remembering what they said 15 minutes ago. Like, <laughs> like a character will say a piece of dialogue, and I'm, I read so much fucking dialogue that, like, I read the sentence, and then I, like, move on without registering what the character even said. And then, like, three sentences later, they refer to it, and I'm like, wait, when did they get that? Yeah. And the whole fucking chat is like... Two seconds ago, <laughs> I'm like, guys, I'm sorry. It's so much. <laughs> it is a lot. I, quick question, complete, super <clears throat> strange tangent. Have you ever played Disco Elysium? No. Okay. Nope. There's a lot of talking. There's there's so much. Like you could literally click on a character, and it's 20 minutes of talking to that character. Oh my god. Uh, yeah, that's a lot of talking. <laughs> I'd recommend it. Once you're done with this, right, and you're like, hey, I want something else to do. If you want to get into a, a, a kind of crazy story-involved game, Disco Elysium's one for sure. Hey, are you kind of suggesting that Elidibus wants the Warrior of Light to keep succeeding, by the way? Like, <laughs> I am very careful to not imply anything Yeah, because if he says anything, I'm just like... You kind of you kind of mentioned like he kind of you know he's like there and he's kind of like, but the, but we're still winning. But, mm, in yeah, terms of know. in terms of the way you analyze stories, like this isn't even really like making sure like it sounds like you think I'm setting up kind of what to pay attention to. Yeah. And I think the way that I've the way that I've phrased it, it would be difficult to know which thing to pay attention to right. <laughs> in the way that it's coming. <laughs> sure. So like the way I mean it um, is is more close along the lines of the Asians are originally put forward as this group of like immortal ancient mages who have this grand master plan. And how can we ever, you know, with our with the short time that we've been alive, even comprehend this this thousands and thousands of years in the making plan that's right. been unrolling and then as we deal with them we find well they had you know kind of one plan they were winging in 2.0 and then they immediately pivoted and started winging another plan and then they immediately pivoted and started winging another plan and so it's like they're like unrelenting in that way but it doesn't seem as solidified as one would expect for something that's so well planned exactly and then we have 
kind of Elidibus, who's a little a little different from scene to scene. You know, he's he's on the moon like, well, great. They're talking dead. to warriors. Now this darkness. is my problem. Like, fuck. <laughs> so right. let's, let's talk about that. What did you think about the uh, Warriors of Darkness and your experience so far? Uh, that was pretty interesting. I mean, obviously, they're recognizable pretty, pretty immediately. Yeah. Uh, but um, it was cool to like. I don't know, like that was kind of one of my uh, one of the first like real doses of otherworldliness that you really get in the game. That's that you're able to actually like communicate to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so like the Asians are very otherworldly, right? But they're not people that we interact with too often. And when we do, we typically don't exchange too many valuable words uh Mm -hmm. so it's interesting that the warriors of darkness kind of um gave us kind of a i guess sort of just kind of like a reflection uh in a sense of of it of sort of like what we are as the warrior of light um as -hmm. far as like uh as far as like getting to to hear about the things that they endured and what led them down the path of wielding darkness on their world um and I like how it starts to set up the idea of like maybe like using light to solve all of our problems isn't always the answer that people go to. And I think it's I think Arbert um, really uh, drives this home at the end where he's kind of saying to you like it's not it's not the power you wield it's how you're wielding it, and uh, kind of opens the play the warrior of light and player's mind to the possibility of like what if I became a warrior of darkness or like. What if, I don't know, what if that happened to me? Or like, what if something came to this world that my powers of light aren't that effective against? Like maybe, maybe something has to change or, uh, you know, maybe something, uh, maybe that's something to consider. Um, so I really quite like the the Warriors of Darkness. Now, them going back home with Minfilia, not as happy about that one. Uh, <laughs> I, I do not trust that thing at all. I don't, I don't. I saw the key art where the bitch had chains around her legs and shit. And I'm not, <laughs> not digging that dude. Hell no. The whole high, I do not trust Heidelin a second dude because Heidelin talks about the same kind of shit. Oh, the balance, the balance. It's about balance. It's like, yeah, but you don't, you don't really do anything that illustrates that to me, Heidelin. I don't know that I really believe you. Uh, so I really liked the warrior, uh, the warriors of darkness um, kind of stuff. I did find it annoying how they were always talking shit about us not getting to the primal yeah. fast enough. It's like, hey, motherfucker, <laughs> like that's literally all you do. Like I do other stuff too. So <laughs> if I'm late, sorry, it's because I was saving a family, okay, <laughs> from a from a void sworn, okay. <laughs> you yeah. are doing you. You're just doing the same shit I've been doing. But mm. yeah, over overall, they were pretty good, and and having them kind of revealed to you incrementally was cool and how they used them to like explain getting the eyes of nidhog back was cool that they're immortal and, and that they're able to pass into that that etheric vortex beneath ishgard for that reason um and, re- and retrieve the eyes uh something that mortals would never be able to do um so i i liked the use of the warriors of darkness uh though i fear for their fate on their on their home world uh, frankly when i saw it i just didn't know what the i'm gonna be honest so my perspective is not even close to what your perspectives are i don't go super deep or detailed into it i see face level story and i'm like oh cool right so when that came up and warriors darkness was there i was just like what the fuck is this all right cool <laughs> light darkness all right i guess that's a thing right this, this is what we're doing and that was like all i got from that to be honest with you uh, yeah. To to be fair, my first impression was the same as Kryle's. 
she like she looks at them like they're just like edgy teenagers for a minute like they they leave and she just goes warriors of darkness yeah it's like is that like really? a fan group like what is that sounds <laughs> uh, <laughs> like a fucking <laughs> is that like a band name what's yeah. going on um but it'll that, be yeah it'll Go ahead, somebody. I heard you, both of you were talking. I don't know. <laughs> it'll be it'll be fun. It'll be fun to be on opposing sides with Pyro for for a little bit in terms of how we we analyze things because I've been playing for so long that by the time we got to all these scenes where we're starting to question kind of the assumptions we've we've got, I had already joined Team Heidelin. Not because I think she's like light equals good equals benevolent equals, you know what I mean? Like just regardless of how things end up, the person in your corner is your friend. And it's more fun to believe in something when you play these games. So my take has been that the doubt came so late into the game. I'll go down with that ship if I have to. I don't care. You know, <laughs> like I'm already fun, in this. <laughs> it's fun to have faith. Like right. I've got there were there were four things I kind of I kind of put my faith in. And I've I've got two of the four. If I'm wrong on the other two of the four, I don't care. Um, <laughs> so it'll be fun to be on the on the other side of that because I just like my my stance is Heidelin loves you and tried her best and probably made some mistakes. <laughs> like that's, that's... Yeah, uh... I, I think that'll that'll be fun. I think because for me it's not it's uh it's not a, a praise zodiac kind of thing either. It's more like a I just don't trust either of you and. Right. Uh, I want to try and find that middle area because I think that both of them probably have good things to offer and both of them probably I, have bad things to offer. And I'm just really scared of one of them getting out of control. I would be, yeah. I would be amazed if we make it out of this game with anything happening to one and not the other. Yeah. So it's, it's both or neither to me. Yeah. Um, that's kind of how it's been presented is like the story is very much about both in the interaction between the two. It's not about just one existing. Yeah, I'm like in my head, I know like I'm probably wrong, but at the same time, like every now and then things align in a way where it's just incidental. Like, right. you know, she doesn't need to be a all good benevolent goddess in order to have your back. Um, no, and typically all good, bene all benevolent gods are, uh, yeah, a little yeah, bit, especially crazy. in Final Fantasy. Yeah, like Lakshmi is definitely not an example. Of that. <laughs> yeah, just dream with me forever. <laughs> uh, the, I yeah. I remember like I remember coping pretty hard with that art that you're that you're talking about the the chains because oh, I was like oh that does look a little uh, but like Minfilia like the thing that kept coming up for me was Minfilia wanted this Minfilia consented to this she dove into this so the idea is like well then did Heidelin lie to her so my brain Liar. just keeps going my brain just keeps going well this 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 art is for the whole patch the change are just for Alexander it is just, just Alexander <laughs> stuff oh. yeah that's some wild level copium right there that's, <laughs> I saw that and I was like bindings of servitude <laughs> like, uh, no. drunk with blue juice I just <laughs> <laughs> I just got out of a fucking. I just got out of a a, a a game that was the entire expansion was based on chains. So I came into this one and I see this and I'm like, no, sir. Especially no. just like there's there's a there's a literal light crystal in WoW who very much does a similar thing to Illidan, and is very is very much like 
this is your chance for your new life. Like, this is your chance to like, let go of your scars and like, have them be healed. And like, this is your chance to be reborn. And, and this is what you're meant for. Like, this is your destiny, you know, like urging him to do it and being, you know, benevolent. And, and then when he refused, that's when we got to see the side of that individual become very, uh, this is not a choice for you. Actually, I'm going to present it as though it is, but it's not. And that's the vibe I get from Heidelin of like, I've literally had such an influence on your life that I've made you believe that this is your destiny. So now here you are. Like, that's my take on it is like, even if Minfilia agreed, I still think she probably only did that because Heidelin has influenced her life in was, such a way. I think it was actually heaven's word that I started to get cocky with it too. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm thinking, no, I'm, hold on. I'm thinking back. Cause like, I, again, like I can, I, I can see chat getting like a little nervous, like a little tense. Like I'm talking about things that matter in future expansions, but I'm like, we Crazy. need matter in future expansions. Yeah, I'm not giving no any hints about me. what sides they're going to fall on. Like, no. um, so I remember like in, in heaven's word is when I actually started to get a little cocky with it because I had that kind of realization. Like what does Heidelin do when the Asians aren't kicking her in the shins? Like, yes, they kick her in the shin and she throws nukes and it's probably bad for the world. But, but like, when what you is, don't provoke the beast, <laughs> what, ha what is, what, what happens when they don't kick her in the shins? What happens when they're not trying to rejoin, you know, our beautifully broken universe? What does she do? Right. She goes to sleep. She does nothing. So like, I was like, well, maybe that's, maybe that's evidence for me. And then heavens word got me really cocky when, Midgard is like, yeah, I've been here since the beginning. Also, fuck the darkness. <laughs> it's like, okay. The Alagons apparently also didn't like the darkness either, so now we've got two motherfuckers that are on this side. It's two to one for the Assians, and it's not going very well. So it'll be, it'll be, uh, it'll, it, it's always fun to have people who analyze things in different ways, especially because, like, I do not give a shit about being right or wrong. I care about finding I right. I care about finding right. I want to, I want to leave this game knowing we found the answers. I don't care about being right in the moment. I care about having fun in the moment. Right. Mm -hmm. And I, I think for me, like, honestly, in this story, how it's, how it's like starting to boil down is like, I kind of just, I kind of want to know that I'm like, in, so, in some aspects, like there's some like emotional valid like validation that happens where like you really feel a certain way about the game, and like like I'll try to like formulate thoughts about what how am I going to feel if they pull it out this way? Like Yatsuyu was a huge example of that of like this this uh, this conflict of like someone who can't remember what's what happened. How do we handle that? Like there was there were times where like, you know, the chat's like, what do you think they're going to do to her? What do you think they're going to do? And I'm like, honestly, I don't even I don't even necessarily have a guess, nor do I care about being right on the guess. For me, it's just more of at the end of this. Am I going to feel the way that I think I'm going to feel like are they doing this to me right now? Uh, and sometimes sometimes I find that when I get to the uh, get to the end of the of the road and the story, like I feel I feel a different way. And um, for me, that's been one of the most exciting things about the exploration in this game is for me, it's it's very much been like an emotional uh, exploration. Um, and they throw it at you in so many different ways from so many different background uh, characters um, from so many different places that like as much as I care about the story and everything, um, I'm I honestly care more about like not more about, but one of the more important things to me is is that of like, Am I, uh, am I, am I on the, am I thinking of this? Am I supporting the right person here? Like, that's the kind of stuff that really gets me because, uh, sometimes you agree with yourself and then sometimes I find myself like, no, 
like I, I regardless of that like mm-hmm. i still kind of am siding with this person here the, uh the magic is the magic of it for me is like regardless of how it plays out you have spent those months and months and months reflecting on your values and your assumptions and what you're reading into things. Like you've had this great thought exercise either way. Mm -hmm. That's what I try to tell people uh, back when I was doing a lot of wow stuff, because it eventually got to the point where I like, I used to care a lot about being right. And then I just kind of stopped caring. (laughs) Um, And there was definitely that kind of same thing back in, in world of Warcraft where, um, it turned more into the videos and the, in the analysis and stuff wasn't really even about the game anymore. Like it, it wasn't really about that. Like it was fun that I could do it, but it turned into more about like, how does this stuff apply to my real life? You know, like what am I, what am I learning from this? How does this, how does like, there were definitely things in wow that changed my outlook and, and uh, my perception of life. Um, and so final fantasy has also done <laughs> a lot of that. Uh, so I totally agree. Even when you're digging deep into the lore aspects and you're getting into that, there is a lot of introspection that's got that has to happen. I would think. Um, so, yeah. Okay. So yeah, I let that one go for a while because I was enjoying that conversation a good bit. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but we probably should get into Stormblood now. Sure. I feel like this is yeah. something that's definitely on your mind. Uh, yeah. Well, I, I want to make sure we have our correct parameters here. Have you done any of the raid or 24 man, eight man? Like what, what have you done in Stormblood so far? So in Stormblood, I've just done like the MSQ. So okay. the point in the MSQ that I'm at is literally sitting there looking at the 4.4 quest. Um, I just found out that Elidibus is taking over Xenos's body and that Xenos is reborn through some other Alamegan soldier, uh, which was crazy. Um, just witnessed Yatsuyu's death after uh, she became um, the primal, uh, the goddess of the moon, um, and slayed her brother As- uh, As- uh, Asahi. Asahi. Uh, thank God, because I fucking couldn't stand that little shit. <laughs> and uh, yeah, he's dude. That's the only way you can make like really fucking dislikable characters a little more likable. Not the only way, but it's one good way. It's just introduce a worse character. Introduce right. someone that's just more vile and more evil. And you start to look at that and you're like, Jesus Christ, like I'm starting to understand here. Like this little fucker's twisted as well. <laughs> and and the fact like he's obsessed with Xenos. Yeah, anyway, that's where we're at. Yeah. But uh, I haven't I haven't I haven't done the raids. So of all no. of all the people in this game, that's the one you're glad you never have to see again. No, uh, him and him and uh, Teleji Adeleji's up there. Um, <laughs> but but honestly, I was talking about it on my stream yesterday. I was like, you know what this game is kind of doing? It's kind of funny. I used to fucking absolutely despise Teleji Adeleji, but having moved further on in the story and seeing what some of the really fucked up shit people do is, I kind of look back on Teleji and I'm like, yeah, that was kind of like that wasn't even that bad. <laughs> it was pretty bad. Don't get me wrong, but like. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's, there's, I've come across characters that I, I hate way more than Teleji. And at the time, I thought I've never disliked a character in a video game as much as this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that, that, uh, yeah, that's continued. Yeah. Okay. I, so if we're, oh no, do you have, no, do you, have no, an agenda you lead here? this conversation way better. Than, you go. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if we're, if we're talking about, if we're talking about, morality and debates and perspectives and everything in in terms of we're moving on to stormblood yeah um conventional villain analysis would have us try to chart everyone on a kind of a fallacious continuum of pure evil to redeemable sure and 
yeah, that's kind of how like the world wants us to analyze things. Right. Uh, going into Stormblood, if you try to look at some of our villains through that lens and get a little passionate, a little complicated. Yeah. Did you did you find yourself more siding with or against Yotsuyu or Fordola? Um, I definitely sat in the middle on some of those things. You know, I think that I think that Stormblood does indeed do a very good job of presenting it in a way that really makes you think a little bit more and it's not cut and dry. I really felt like Fordola was forced into her situation. Like she felt hers was more a manner of survival. It was a man. It was a, it was a manner of how can we, how do we make it to the next day? Right. How do, and how do we make, um, this occupation of the empire into something. And that doesn't mean that the decisions that she made were just or right. She literally shot a tower, killing her own friends that were there from her since the moment she enlisted in the army. That is a pretty insane thing to do. But did Fordola do that because she's a vitriolic evil person who wants to inflict suffering on people like Atsuyu? No, she did it because she felt that that's what had to be done to save Alamigo. And again, that doesn't make it right, but it's it was the 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 backstory that they did for these characters in Stormblood, the echo visions and, and the accounts from these characters are absolutely fucking fantastic. And they build the characters in a way where like I found myself throughout the progression of the expansion kind of having those moments where I'm like, they're going to like they're starting to make me feel for Yatsuyu a little bit like I don't agree with her, but I feel sort of bad. And then like later on, I find myself I'm like man, this character that I really felt like I'm supposed to hate. <laughs> like, there are some redeeming qualities there. Um, and in the end, I liked it because they didn't pull a redemption card with Yatsuyu. Like, in my mm -hmm. opinion, she didn't really get a redemption. She just got to settle the score that meant the most to her. Um, and, and so, uh, especially after she lost her memory, I found myself incredibly conflicted. Because as I kind of mentioned at the start of the stream, like looking at someone who literally can't recall anything and, and expecting to just deliver the same punishment unto them that you would give the person before that happened, I think is ridiculous. Like that can't be the thing. Like we, there has to be something more to that. And so I really liked how they found a resolution to it without, without fucking over the Alamegans or the, or sorry, the, uh, the, the domains, um, and fucking them out of like, getting their kind of sense of retribution because Yatsuyu does in fact die at the end, but also not, not going down the route of just finding some terrible way to punish Yatsuyu and having this, this already, already just unfathomably tragic series of events end in yet another tragedy. Um, and I guess when you look at it, like Yatsuyu as a character is a bit of a tragedy, uh, uh mm -hmm. in a, in a sense. Um, mm -hmm. but, uh, the end of it um, was very much like a, an acceptable closure for me. Um, so as far as the gray goes, yeah, the you can't you can't go at it with that one dimensional look of like the white and the black and how do how do we adjust the scale between because sometimes uh, very dark actions truly exist on the better side of morality, and sometimes it's the other way and. And that's always been a, a problem for me in fantasy. And I'll finish the point on this is that that's 
like you said, the traditional way of, of the analysis. I'm just thankful that Final Fantasy does it in a way where we can get out of that traditional sense and, and logically go about it because World of Warcraft really struggled with that where it was ve- the community was very, very much black and white. And either you were good or you were evil. And Blizzard tried to explore that that concept of the of the gray morality, um, and it was just all it was almost all always a failure. So it was it's it was nice to see Stormblood do we, that. We actually we we talked about that a bit. I think I think it was the first time that we got together. That was something we talked about a little bit. Was was kind of the morality and the way they try to justify things and try to get people to see villains certain ways. And right. I was waiting to see what you would think of these two particular it's so two good. particular people. Because if you, if you get to that point where you're analyzing it kind of on the level that you are, they're both great villains in different yeah. ways. They both yeah. have redeeming qualities in different ways. They both made horrible decisions and are, are, are maybe um, should be held accountable for their decisions in certain ways. But... I found myself loving both of them yeah. and having a really good time watching people fight each other over which one was which redeemable versus evil. Yeah. Like and that was just, I had a great time watching that. Yeah. That, that, well, that definitely was happening in the chat. There was, there was pretty extensive discussion. I mean, there were times where I sat there and talked about it for like 10, 15, 20 minutes with the stream on like, I'm really torn on y- on Yatsuyu. And, uh, and that was really nice to watch that discourse happen and see differing opinions. And, you know, there's some people that are like, no, nope, ax her. It's over. Like she did it. She has to be <laughs> held responsible. And then there's people that are like, you know, let her let her live off in the country somewhere like where no one's going to know and just let the tragedy end where it has. You know, we, we don't have to waste another life uh, mm-hmm. in, in this situation. Um, that was so that's how my girlfriend took it. And it was actually actually just share this with you, because throughout the course of the Yatsuyu uh, storyline, I would th- I would just. Uh, incrementally i would be just going downstairs uh every once in a while and i'd talk to my girlfriend and every time i went down i'd give her the update like okay so this is what's happening with Atsuyu. like this is what she's done this is where we're at now she's lost her memory and i'd 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 pick her brain i'd be like you know what would you do in this situation like given that she's done these horrible things and she's forgotten all this like how would you handle it and getting to even hear my girlfriend's perspective on it was fun and i i really love how the game presents it in such a relatable way that like even people that have no idea about the game universe can like offer input um and so yeah i I, by the end of it and i told my stream this yatsuyu is is probably so far she's probably my number one favorite character arc like in the game so far i would say a sale is up there as well and the progression that I've seen through Alphano has been, and, and also Rabban has been really good, but uh, and Estinian also, like, there's so many good characters, but um, <laughs> she's in my top three easily. Like, probably with Azel, Yatsuyu, and honestly, probably Rabban. Or, or, or Lisa's up there. Lisa's, she's, she's, she's up there. What, what about Grinwalt? I feel like we're missing him oh. here. No, listen, that guy's fate was <laughs> terrible. They turned that guy into a monster, and that honestly made me so. It made me like sick to my stomach. Like when I when I saw what the Guardians fucking did to him, yeah. I was like, these guys are fucking monsters, dude. Mm-hmm. And they pale in comparison to the Alagons, which is which is insane to me. Uh, but Go- Grinwall was so annoying. Like, but he was <laughs> he was like that. He was just like that goofy villain that's like. Right. I'm like a lot of the Imperial characters are just so I just don't give a shit about them. <laughs> like some of like some of them are really good, but then some of them is just like, God, it's he's back again. Like yeah. he got away again. 
That, so the fight with him in that dungeon was one of the most painful fights I've I've done. I mean, there's, yeah. there's pretty bad ones, but fighting him and hear him like struggle with the voice acting and everything else, like yeah, it, it felt rough. It was uh, fucked up, dude. Yeah, it, it stuck with me. It stuck with me. Uh, you know, and I I carry carry his minion around with me. Uh, I'm sad that it has to be the like the chainsaw mutilated one. And he's just like wandering around the, the the one before. And the Doom <laughs> reference is nice, of course. Yeah, that that was pretty <laughs> quickly recognizable. And as, after he's like rip and tear, I'm like, okay, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, it was good. But it was twisted, and it was twisted uh, in such. It just made me uncomfortable. No, I didn't. It was I it was like good that. though. But it made me yeah. That's what that was like. Yeah, this is this. I don't. Not a lot of stuff makes me uncomfortable in this game and. This is up there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, it makes you feel for things. And I think, like, uh, there's a lot of that in Stormblood. And I think a lot of yeah. the negative things people had about Stormblood was just, uh, it didn't, they didn't feel like it, it held up to what the previous stories were. But, I mean, did you feel that at all, Pyro? Well, um, in my memory is, like, partially faded on this because it, mm. it just feels like it's been so long since heaven's ward uh post post or like point uh dot dot one content or dot two content or whatever mm-hmm. um dot x content i guess is what they call that uh, but anyway yeah. um i think that stormblood is really fucking good uh mm. honestly i think the individual character storylines in stormblood are pretty damn close to uh or being on par with some of the ones in heaven's ward like a like a um a Stinian story I think would stack up pretty well against uh like maybe Fordola um or if we were to compare like Yatsuyu uh maybe to I don't know like a sale you know so just as an example of like how how maybe you could compare that but I thought it, I thought it was good my my honestly my only complaint with Stormblood is that just the it just starts slow and and I think it's an I think it's a necessity, but it just feels like um, right after you come out of Heaven's Ward, it's not like the content in Stormblood isn't as good as Heaven's Ward or, or like the story isn't as good, in my opinion. It's it's more about like just uh, the feeling of coming off of this just like crazy shit after crazy shit after crazy shit, whether it's whether it uh, is is Nidhogg or whether it's uh, uh, Thordin or whether it's uh, Shinrayu and Ilbert and and having a fucking take on Estinian, Like we just got hit so hard over and over with such big plot points and big heavy moving parts that when you get into Stormblood, it feels like it comes to a grinding fucking halt. And I think that's what, that's what rubs a lot of people the wrong way is because it just, you just go from like a hundred down to like 30 and then you just slowly make your way back up to a hundred. And by the time you hit like four, one, four, two, you're back at a hundred. Mm-hmm. And, and I really think that the, like it just so happens that the first impression tends to make the biggest impact. And the fact that the expansion starts slow and through Ruby C feels kind of slow. It just takes you kind of back to an experience that I could probably relate to a realm reborn. Um, mm. As far as pacing and speed, not as far as quality and execution, but just the pacing and speed of it. And I, I think that's really the problem. Um, and then the fact that you're stuck with dopey ass lease for like, 
fucking forever. And don't get me wrong, Lise becomes a way better character. In fact, Lise is one of my favorite Stormblood characters now. I think she's grown tremendously. Uh, and I think that she still has a long way to go, but she has fantastic advisors around her that are going to help her get there, like Raban, assuming she doesn't die first. But she got new drips, so she won't die for a while, at least. Um, so, right. uh, so, yeah, I think uh, uh, Stormblood's really good. I think my problem was just the, the how it started. It's just, it just starts slow. It just starts slow. That does remind Suddenly me. Suddenly we're back no, on the same okay. page. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Suddenly we're back on the same page. Like I I never like taking a side in the Heavensward Stormblood War because I think that they have roughly similar strengths, but they put their attribute points in different things. Yeah. It's um, just different columns. Like Yeah. They they both had strengths, they both had weaknesses. Um I mean when in, in terms of storytelling and in who you're traveling with heavensward really hooks me with the fact that yep. nidhogg and astinian are the same freaking person yep. like if you've read into their backstories it's the same thing murdered sibling dedication yep. to revenge they're living this burning same, hatred <laughs> yes they're live they're yep. the same damn person and it plays into this whole what is the warrior of light like what is the difference between Astinian and Nidhogg in the end? Nidhogg never made friends. Nidhogg yeah. never had faith. And Astinian was able to let it go. In, he put his faith in his comrades and was able to let it go. Yeah. And that played for me so well into that idea of the, the warrior of light coming in and realigning this whole war where yeah. it used to be Ishgard against dragons. And now it's, you know, nice fear, not nice, but like the, um, constructive people and constructive dragons versus the destructive people and destructive dragons. And I right. thought that was really awesome. But then Stormblood came in and it wasn't realigning the war in quite that way. It was a completely nope. like the warrior of light really had a hard time fitting into that. And mm -hmm. I thought that that was great because it was human. Yeah. And I think Lise became for all the shit Lise gets, she became one of my favorite characters as well because I think she proves Ilbert right. And Ilbert is one of my favorite people in the world to hate. Like yeah. <laughs> he, that asshole lied to my face twice and I bought it twice. <laughs> like he only twice, Ilbert, you know what they say. Ilbert was like, I, there's this quest called trader in the midst where you go after the Ivy and the picture for the quest is Ilbert. And I was like, oh, Traitor in the Mist, Ilbert, he's the guy. He's the traitor. <laughs> and so we do the quest and he's like, well, I would rather cut off my own arm than betray a friend. And I'm like, damn, I suspected Maybe not him. <laughs> suspected him and now I feel bad. I'm sorry, Ilbert. The scene comes up and he freaking betrays us and cuts off Raubon's arm. I'm like, you son of a bitch. Yep. And then the, the Griffin comes in and I'm like, that's obviously Ilbert. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Ilbert's hanging out with Elitibus and he's like, yeah, Elitibus, you actually kind of suck because you use your pawns and throw them away and yeah. you lie to them and they don't get anything. I've given my pawns everything they want. And then he throws all his pawns away and they <laughs> walk away with nothing they wanted. And I was like, you son of a bitch. <laughs> so. But Lise, Lise, in the end, proves him right. 
because the Alamegans are so resigned to defeat, are yep. so unwilling to do what it takes, are so unwilling to step up and lead that just by virtue of being the first one to have hope and the last one to quit, she ends up president of Alamigo. I know, I know. And she doesn't really have any other particular set of skills. Like, <laughs> like the, she's the most qualified person proves Ilbert right. And I love that because I love to hate that fucking guy. <laughs> Oh. Uh, <laughs> you least defender stormblood defender <laughs> no no and I, I i like how kind of raban tied into that as well as far as like kind of being tricked into it and kind of like having that moment where he's like all right elbert you fucker like if this is what you want then this is what you're gonna fucking get and then it turns you know they they go through it and and they're they end up succeeding and as yeah elbert uh, was such a fuck dude <laughs> such a <laughs> such a good character uh right. yeah yeah i i I really liked the individual stories in uh, in Stormblood, and I think again, it's it's apples to oranges, man. It's just uh, trying to compare two different things that have two different messages and are trying to give it to you in two different ways. And I think it's just about uh, seeing it for what it is and, and and finding the value in it because it's not you don't have to look very hard to be honest with you. The expansion's really fucking good. It just gets it just gets that that initial negative response, uh, mm -hmm. which is a shame, um, but. Uh, frankly, I'm I was I was impressed, and I, I I thought that the individual character stories that that brought the main narrative together was was really really well done. Okay. So, I got yeah, a Stormblood. Stormblood gets an A from from me. Okay, I got a couple more questions about Stormblood, but I want to ask one that's kind yeah. of like a, a tangent question, not story related. Uh, sure. During the whole promotion hey stormblood's coming all this great stuff they're like you used to be able to fly and that was really big in heavensward now what are we gonna do now you're gonna go underwater H how'd you feel about the water <laughs> uh so i get a little uncomfortable uh with water um oh. so for for me initially it was not comfortable um mm. you know you look out across this fucking trench that you can't see to the bottom of and it invokes fear uh okay and it it, uh, it made me not want to go down there you know it made me not want to fucking swim over open water um but then you get down there and you realize the sharks are friendly they don't even attack you <laughs> and uh and like it plays nice relaxing music generally so i got to the point where i got a little more comfortable i'll never get i'll never stop saying that underwater stuff tends to suck in video games but mm -hmm. um i like that i could mount at full speed underwater so at least there was that yeah uh um, I like that I didn't have to worry about a breath meter. <laughs> that was kind of nice. <laughs> yeah. Uh, though as a warlock, and wow, I never did either because you can breathe underwater forever. But I was a druid, so I just turned into a seal. Right. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's fair. That's just a, it was a curious thing because I feel like you know flying was like the big deal in WoW too. Like in Burning Crusade, they're like, "Wow, flying crazy!" And everyone was like, "Yeah, this is great." And and Final Fantasy, it did a pretty good job too. And then the water thing just doesn't stick, man. It's just, I don't feel like it's you could be successful with underwater mechanics in a MMO. Uh, the movement's know. weird because you start moving on all axes. And it's like, mm -hmm. now you're not just worried about forward and backward and left to right, but you're worried about up and down and the verticality of encounters. And like fighting typically is a fucking disaster when yeah. you look at like underwater. Now, and it wasn't, it really wasn't that bad, um, Frank, because you don't really do any fighting underwater. You don't do any fighting, um, right? No. Uh, but it wasn't it wasn't the worst like sometimes it did feel kind of weird to like go underwater because it was faster to move that way like i didn't really <laughs> like that uh but whatever uh okay 
No, yeah. It, it, that, yeah. That was just a random tangent question to kind no, of derail nothing. everything here. So now I will start up, and I want to ask you, because this was the huge thing with Stormblood with Xenos. Uh, yeah. And we haven't really talked on him too much as just a no. character in general, uh, but he's the highlight. So what's what's your thoughts on Xenos? Xenos is... That's a twisted motherfucker. And... Uh, yeah, that was that was insane. The fact that his, his own father was like, I know what my son is. Like, uh, he's a fucking freak. Um, then you have to ask yourself, like, why did that happen? So Xenos uh, was uh, scary as fuck. Honestly, Xenos scared the shit out of me. Xenos was one of the first characters that I legitimately felt intimidated by. And when the prospect of fighting him arose, I was generally the first one to be like, no, guys, <laughs> like, let's just get out of here. Like, we don't. Can we not? <laughs> Uh, because I don't know how many more times he's going to give us to like entertain the idea of us killing him. Like he might, he might get bored. So, um, the progression of his character was, I mean, his character kind of mostly stayed the same. He just got more scary as it went along. Mm -hmm. Um, the way that he, the way that he <sighs> manipulated Yatsuyu and basically let Doma fall and let that whole thing fail is just like speaks to how fucked up of a guy he was. Uh, I don't, I don't know, dude. Like mm -hmm. it was, he was really cool. He was cool. And the final confrontation with him was cool. I was not expecting the ending that we got with him offing himself. And I certainly was not expecting what happened after that. Mm -hmm. uh, but I like, I also kind of like how they used him to bring back uh, Shin, uh, Shin, Shin Ryu, Shin Ryu, because at the end of the day, they're the same thing. They're just beings of pure violence. And I kind of started to recognize that as things went along. And I think, I think Xenos even mentions that as far as like, you start to get the understanding. Literally the only thing that this guy values in his, in his life is like the feeling of, of almost dying and fighting strong motherfuckers. Like this guy just decided one day that he would challenge the greatest monk that ever lived on a whim mm -hmm. because that's what he, he didn't even know the guy was there. So Mm -hmm. uh yeah there's some there's some there's some crazy ass uh there's some crazy ass stuff with xenos and overall a good a good uncomfortable villain <laughs> yeah i mean he a lot of people do say that he's like kind of just a one-dimensional character where he's just like always the exact same thing there's he's just bad chaos kill m murder and that's just all he is uh sure which is a little bit different than what we've experienced with a lot of other characters and villains and stuff in final fantasy 14 um right well, Do you find that as I, a bad thing? No, because I think part of that is an, is just another illustration of what Shinrayu was. I mean, it didn't really have like the the ulterior like the deeper motive or any of those things. Um uh it was more like uh this thing is literally just a manifestation of hatred mm. and violence and I, and it felt like uh Xenos was kind of like filled in that spot where Shinrayu wasn't present during the expansion. And mm. then they were brought together at the end, and it really kind of like, kind of in a, in a, it was a very much another like, Istinian next to Nidhog kind of thing, of like you put, <laughs> you put, Shinrayu next to Xenos, and uh, well, they're not they're not really that different as far as what they are. Um, so I found that he carried through the representation of what that primal really was, decently well. Um, mm -hmm. But I w I guess I could agree that like he was pretty much the same the whole time. But then again. Xenos, unlike a lot of other characters, wasn't really presented with a lot of reasons to change. <laughs> um, and with with how twisted he was at that point, 
you know, it's one of those characters that's kind of maybe this guy might just be so far gone that there's not a lot of character development to happen. Like this guy's at the end of what he is. This is what he's become. And the fact that he only ever shows any type of change in thought process or like feeling when he's literally about to die, like that goes to show you that there was no room for Xenos to develop. That was the final thing for him was was dying. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, it threw me off a lot when he he cut his throat. That was just weird. Like I I, I just like for some reason that was not what was going to happen in my head. Right. S- same. Yeah. That <laughs> I I was expect like. But then again, I mean, I guess that could be the point. Like, not every mm-hmm. conflict has to... And I think it was also another thing where, like, after the fight, you don't... It's another one that you don't celebrate. I think I've noticed that more and more, like, the the party or, like, the player character not celebrating victories as much. <laughs> Maybe I'm tripping, but there's been a couple times where, like, victory music di- didn't play because it, like, wasn't really a victory. <laughs> right. um, I can't remember if Xenos is one of those or not, but it might have just gone straight to cutscene. But that's not what I was expecting e- either... Uh, hmm. I kind of expected he'd go down. He'd literally go down swinging. Uh, yeah, but they wanted saying? to take that another direction. Any thoughts you want to throw in about Xenos? I don't know. Kind of like my thoughts on Xenos during that whole saga didn't evolve very much. Same. Um, yeah, I felt like the the first impression I got going into Stormblood was that we were going to step away from a lot of the metaphysical stuff for a bit, the inhuman stuff for a bit. Yep. We're going to put Heidelin and the Asians on hold, and we're going to fight this very dirty, gritty, gray human war, and we're going to be stuck without those guiding principles and values for a bit. And there's going to be some growing pains as this story tries to figure out what it is and where it's going. And I felt that as long as we weren't dealing with the metaphysics and we were dealing with the gritty human and we were trying to figure out where this story was going, it makes absolute sense that you want just some cold bastard that everyone can get behind hating for a bit to make the story, you know, uncomplicated in that one regard, because so much else is in motion right now. So um, Xenos, in a way, made sense to me at the time. And... Looking back, I'm trying to think if anything has has evolved in some ways. Like we know a lot more in terms of I'm mean, like I'm trying to think of ways to dance around. Because um, Xenos is still actively in the, the story for you, Pyro, right? Uh, no, not really. No, I guess, yeah, you're right, not really. Well, I mean, yes, yes. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, 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 if we're talking about his, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you, you went through that whole scene in 4.3. Yeah. I, yeah, because I, I remember you saying that. Yes, I, yes, he, he, <laughs> okay. yes, he was, uh, he was reborn. I think maybe uh, either he has, either maybe, uh, yeah, like maybe like a Litibus gave him the echo or some shit, or maybe they just used their soul transfer tech. I don't know how they did it, but. Mm-hmm. So we we're, we are at a part in the story where he there's like a body walking around and a Xenos walking around. Yes. Yep. Okay. So I can I can work that into it. I think because I'm trying to figure out like kind of how I my my view of him evolved in terms of we know that his upbringing was I mean look at Varas like yeah. <laughs> he was raised by Varas so. If he combined those two things, he's very naturally gifted. He's very powerful. He's never really had a challenge and he was raised by Varas. So 
why wouldn't he find a very strange allure to the first person to ever give him a challenge? True. In a way, that's the first person to ever give him an opportunity for growth. That's the first person to ever give him what he actually wants out of life. He sees opportunity here. So why wouldn't he have kind of a weird, conflicted relationship with this person? So like my friend, my enemy. Right. Um, so when I think about it that way, because it evolved so little, when we see that his soul is still wandering around there, my first thought was just why his death was perfect. And I don't understand him any differently. Why is this a good idea? Why, what, what are you building towards? That's better than that death. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Like, I guess what, what are they going to do with this character? Like maybe there is. Yeah, maybe there is more room for growth. That's that happens there, um, and maybe existing in a shell a little different than his original one maybe brings that humility out of him a little bit more. Um, that'd be interesting. That'd be interesting to see. And I'm I'm very excited because I it, it also means Elidibus is making some kind of crazy fucking moves right now. Like I'm not really sure what the plot point is there, but Varus is bought into it, and we're gonna find out what's gonna happen. I mean, at the end of the day, like. I'm 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 curious to find out like what if what if if he already knows or what happens if Xenos finds out what did happen to his body like does Xenos know that Elidibus took his fucking body and that his dad's okay with it is he aware of those things maybe maybe not and how is Xenos gonna fucking react to that if he finds that out I I don't know um so I'm I'm excited to find out what does happen with that because I didn't you know I didn't get it until like they get into the line where Xenos you know the where you get to the line where they're like, if you haven't realized it by now, this is where you realize it. And he talks about like continuing the hunt. And I'm like, no fucking way. That's Xenos, dude. So um I'm I'm very excited to see what what comes of it. The okay. Well, I mean, we don't have there to mess a... around like the because I know you're right there at four point three. We don't have to like dig too deep into that just to avoid any kind of slip ups or anything. Unless if Moose, you have something that you feel is extremely important about that extremely important yeah. <laughs> I, think I, I think i got to i think i got to the main part yeah. is just the conflicted relationship the lack of evolution on that front and the idea of where could this be going that was better than his death like what could they what could they possibly build him into that was better than that death and i think the answer to that question is probably one of the more meaningful things i, I wanted to think about and look for um, because I was I, much like Yotsuyu, I was very frustrated to see him not just dead. And yeah. I was, I was lost following Yotsuyu for a bit. And I was actually very pleasantly surprised to see that her story looped back around to where it started and punched you again harder. Yeah. And <laughs> like, I liked that a lot. So like my mind is, is always very open. Like, I think this game has very talented writers, but that's, that's a question that I have is what is better than his death. Mm -hmm. um, and is that a question that you still have? Well, that's, that's would a, I that's answer a... that question? Oh, if well, I, I guess. Oh, I guess that, I, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I, I guess this I'm, is what this is your thought process at the time. I have moved yeah. Heavensward Brain to Stormblood Brain, and whether that's yeah. Shadowbringer's brain, who knows? Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm very careful about that. I try, oh, I try to be very careful. About yeah. That. yeah, we we don't want to like do anything because I mean you could all. It was one it, other thing, and I can't remember it. So just go it's go. It's fine. No, like you could hyperanalyze every single word we said, and maybe you might be able to pull something from something. But I think overall, we've 
we've done pretty good. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. So, so oh. we've had a couple of conversations uh, before, you know, this show, a couple of shows. Has anything that we said been like, oh, fuck, I wish he didn't say that or anything like that, Pyra? No, no, no not really. Okay. Um, no. <laughs> I, good. no. I, I, I just remembered the thing that I was going to go back for. Um, sure, sure. You, you pointed out that there was that line that, like, if you haven't realized it yet, in right. in one of the earlier lines, like, hey, you might recognize or you might not. Um, he alludes to the fact that it was that he had the echo copied over him so that he could merge with Shinryu that allowed him to survive. And he didn't intend it at all. Oh, so he was like he intended to take he makes a stage metaphor. He intended to take his final bow. And now he's here for an encore. And he's like, well, what right. I remember him saying the final bow things. So, OK, so he un- he unintentionally survived because of the echo. Right. Because wow. he, he has that resonance of he still got like the presumably Kryle's echo. Right. Like this kind of copy echo thing. They, mm. they never really they never really cleared that up for me. Um, oh, really? There are, there are signs that he had magic pretty early on. But I mean, it could have just been enchanted swords or special techniques or something. I was going to say, the then, first, pretty sure the first time we fight him, he's like using something. Yeah. Is it the sword or is it him? He like lights know. up red like he it looks like a super saiyan. I'm pretty sure. But and then, like, or he uses thunder or something. And then when he's in when he's in Doma, he gets that call that Shinryu has been found and he's like, well, fuck this. I'm done. Pretty much everything dad asked me to do close enough. Nailed it. I'm out of here. I'm going to go pick up this primal. And then he lands in, um, he lands back in all amigo. And as he lands Fordola shows up with cryo, like, Hey, I got that thing you ordered. So that (laughs) that says to me that like he didn't yet have echo. Right. And then they found the primal that he wanted to merge with. So he had Kryl kidnapped. So it's presumably Kryl's echo on him. And then he was just like, yeah, throw Fordola through too. This will be hilarious. <laughs> um, Let's just see what happens. But like, I think when, when they explain the purpose of the machine to Fordola, they don't talk about the echo at all. They talk about magics. So I think there's a possibility Xenos went through it twice, but like, I still don't know. Like that's yeah, they, one thing I don't understand about the Stormblood story still. I think they kind of like initially acknowledge that uh it's the genome manipulation to allow non-magic wielders to wield it but then the echo thing ends up being like a secondary thing about it that we didn't know that they could do Um, happy happy side effect if you throw the right person in the thing and that was like yeah that that was like it's very confusing not very confusing but like for me it was kind of that kind of whole aspect of the story did kind of stick out as kind of like weird of like i don't i don't think that i i don't really get how what this is doing how how this works or how you develop this technology or whatever but uh the uh the enhancements that it that it gave definitely scared the shit out of me uh <laughs> until i started to see the repercussions to, of you know to give you happen. an idea like how how wrong i can be sometimes i thought the dude who made the machine was a litibus the whole time I mean, there's been care like you thought it was him in disguise. Yeah, I thought I like oh, when he dude. walked out from behind the throne and had the white jacket. I was like, "Bam!" There's a little bit, which Elizabeth. means he- <laughs> all this other stuff. All this other stuff is La Habrea. When like, I saw when I saw uh, Asahi, I kind of I was like, "Yeah, he wears a white and red jacket and he calls himself an emissary." That's fucking a little bit. Like, <laughs> so it, it's not 
I've been there too. Or like there was a, it was something in Heaven's Ward. I think I can't remember what it was, but I kept saying like the whole fucking time, like I, th- I think it's Elidimus or oh no no no, I think it was a. No, it wasn't. It wasn't. Uh, it wasn't the Mask Stranger. No, that was a different thing. But I've been there before. Yeah, specifically with yeah, Elidimus. Yeah. Asa- Asahi got me too because by that time Alice was dead, and I was like, oh okay, so he's moved on. Like right. <laughs> I was like, hmm, I don't know about this. Uh, but yeah, yeah, okay. been there. Uh, well, we got just a few more minutes here, and then we'll probably wrap up the show. Uh, we did hit a lot of points about this, and it's always a fucking blast to have you on. But I do want to know, Thanks. Pyro, uh, where you're at right now, kind of mm-hmm. what... We're not going to answer any of your questions or anything or any respond to your thoughts in any way. But I want to know what's going through your head right now. What are you looking forward to? What are you hoping for going into the future of the rest of the story? Because the next time we talk to you, you might be either starting or ending in Walker, to be honest with yeah. you. Yeah. Um, I mean, the things that I'm looking forward to most right now is finding out what Elidibus's plan is and what what is it that's supposed to come to fruition. Uh, is it is it, you know... I'm interested in learning what sets him apart. I know, unfortunately, I, I got a little bit of a spoiler, so I know that um, I don't know if it's Stormblood content. I don't know if it's Shadowbringers, but I know that we're going to get some pretty important Asian stuff um, here really soon that I think is probably going to swing open the doors on the Asians a little bit. Um, but we'll see. Mm. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm really excited to figure out, like, like the whole primal thing still because like, I, I mean, I get how they're made. I get what they come from and all that stuff. But like, I guess I don't, I still don't really understand like why, why they're a thing and like what happened to the originals, right? Because these are all just shades of things that used to be. So like what happened to the originals and how does Zodiac tie into it? And, um, you know, why are, why are primal summonings, uh, Yeah, like the, I don't know. There's just there's a lot in that that I that I'd like to learn because again, my focus is is always generally has always been like the grander scope. So, mm-hmm. um, those are the. Th- I mean, I'm excited to find out what happens with the Crystal Exarch and Crystal Tower. I have no idea contextually what any of that means. Um, but I know about Grahatia and him becoming a Crystal Exarch and a Scion. Unfortunately, those things were were both spoiled for me. Um. So I do know about that. I'm excited for that, though, because I thought that Grahatia was going to end up being a bad guy. But we can end up, I mean, who knows? That could end up being a thing that we explore. So I do want to mention something on that real quick. I mean, through that whole spoiler and everything. When they were announcing Shadowbringers and all this stuff, they were pretty fucking on, like... (laughs) They they weren't, like... it, It felt like they really weren't hiding some things uh like you you go into it and the the there's certain things they show you while they're trying to promote the next expansion you're like i know exactly who the fuck that is so yeah we everyone who kind of knew lore or story probably felt spoiled before the expansion came out uh gotcha so, yeah, I haven't watched any of that stuff because it was like I heard there's like spoilers and like everything. Like even if you watch like patch trailer fucking shit that there's hints <laughs> and spoilers and stuff. And people yeah. are like, it's not that big of a deal. I'm like, well, maybe not like maybe not for everybody, but like if I read that, maybe it's a big deal. Like yeah. I don't want to fucking, you know, I don't want to figure it out before it comes. It's not fun at that point, but yeah. not not as fun. Um 
I mean, it's unfortunate. But, yeah. it, it really is unfortunate that kind of stuff happens. But I mean, I mean it's, in the end, it's like a 10, 11 year old game and it's right. hard. <laughs> it's hard. And people do a pretty good job of yeah. like the community generally does a really good job of protecting against spoilers. That's kind of always been the case. Yeah. Uh, you know, so yeah. it is what it is. But um, mm -hmm. yeah, I think I think, again, like uh, figuring out like what's happening with the Crystal Tower, figuring out where this threat of light comes from or darkness comes from. I don't know. I'm just excited to see what the fuck happens. I just want to see angels descend from the sky and destroy them with darkness. That's all I care about. Uh, that's all I fuck about. So yeah, we'll see. Well, I'm excited for you to get into it as well. And I I'll be Thanks. following along, trying to keep up, uh, to see your reactions as well. Cause that's, that's wonderful. Are you doing more voices by the way? How are you doing with your, your, your voice acting? Uh, just kind of continuing on doing my thing. Um, I, <laughs> I got an offer from a voice acting company uh, oh. uh, to do an audition for a thing, hey. but it, uh, Twitch just pays way too much money. Like it's just, <laughs> it's it's it's, it's, now, yeah. genu it's genuinely just not worth my time, uh, which which is kind of weird to say. Um, but yeah, other yeah, other than that, everything's okay. been going well. Just kind of yeah. That's awesome, <laughs> dude. That's awesome. Thanks. Well. Um, that being said, Moose, is there anything else that you want to talk about before we end the show? Any other little thoughts you want to throw out there? None, Be safe. None that would, yeah, none that would be advisable. <laughs> yeah, okay. I feel like that's what he says every time at the end. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> none that would be advisable. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, and I also avoid chat questions during these kind of shows, too. Oh, sure. Yeah. Uh, just because I, I'm... Uh, I feel like I could ask a question. To me, it's like, oh, that's not a spoiler, but then it really is somewhere hidden sure. in there. Uh, but we'll come right. back. We'll come back on to all this stuff later on and have these conversations. And there's so much that's going to be going on that we have to talk about with a new expansion and all the hype and craziness. And good luck. You know, please avoid as much social yeah, media too. as you can. I don't even <laughs> go on social media anymore. There you go, it. dude. Thank God. Because uh, it's going to be fucking crazy. <laughs> Um, but yeah, no, let's go ahead and do our little final shout outs, final words, all this great stuff. And, uh, Moose, if you don't mind, if I start with you kind of where people can find you any last words you want to say, all that great stuff. Jeez. Okay. Uh, Twitter at anonymous XIV. I'm lurking around the forums a lot. I haven't posted as much lately, but I'm, I'm still lurking around. You can find me in gamer escapes, discord, most discords with a lower room. Um, I've been trying to set up streaming so that I can like do Endwalker live just to see how I like it, how I feel about it. Um, I've never really done any streaming before, but I'm going to give it a shot just to see how I like it and, and if I can do it. And we'll see where that goes. But other than that, just thanks for thanks for having me back on for another one of these and for the opportunity to hang out with Pyro, dude, you've got a really fun perspective that you bring to the game. I love chatting with you. I hope we can do another one when you get to the next big milestone. 4.4, <laughs> right? That's, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the next yeah, one. Yeah, it's the big one. It's the big one, right? <laughs> Yeah. All right, Pyro, if you don't mind. Yeah, no, uh, thanks so much for having me on. Um, thanks, mm -hmm. for, uh, thanks for coming again, uh, Moose. Um, good luck with streaming. I hope you, you find it fun. That's the most important I thing. So Thank you. Um, uh, no, it's it's great to be on here. I think it's it's like the third time, um, and you guys were again among two of the first people to to talk to me and and give me the opportunity to speak not only um, to you guys but to people who watch you and care about the things that you do and say. And so uh, I really appreciate the opportunity. And um, 
I have a lot of people that come to the stream that say that they've they came from Mog Talk. So it's still crazy um, to me, man. Insane. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> it, it does it does mean a lot to me, and it uh, it means a lot that uh, that someone um, like you guys and and Moose uh, are so welcoming to people like me, and even as far along as we've come, um, I I really appreciate that. Uh, you know, there's not ridiculous high expectations of things that I should know or shouldn't know. And you guys uh, just do a good job of, of, of making me think a little bit more on things. So, um, so thank you. Uh, as far as where to find me, um, twitch.tv slash pyromancer. That's the main place. Uh, YouTube.com slash pyromancer. Um, and then I have a discord uh, that you can find on either of those pages. Um, and you can join that and chat with us. We have like 3000 people in there and, no. private channels for subs and stuff where people can hang out so uh yeah those are all my things those that's are my awesome, things <laughs> that's awesome Thanks. uh but yeah no you've been a blast to have on here and it, it is really refreshing to hear your perspective uh it's not something i was planning for ever when you know planning shows going into Inwalker. i wasn't like hey we're gonna have this show where we go through to someone a player's experience as they yeah. go through the story and uh it's been awesome it's been actually one of the most loved mog talks that we have here are these kind of shows that we're bringing you on for awesome. um so uh, i appreciate you coming on for that and making that happen i appreciate moose being on, over here to uh kind of help with the conversation with his immense knowledge oh by the way, moose. and by i will way, be moose. I'm still, still fucking no. taking them. You're still doing it. I am <laughs> still taking them. I have one. I, I, love I, it. I have one for each expansion. This one's about halfway full right now. For Mine is still searchable text files. <laughs> we're, we're just probably we're way more efficient. <laughs> Do you have so you have one for Shadowbringers and you have yep. one that like it has like the promotional oh. art on it? I actually so someone sent me this one for N Walker. Oh. Someone That's from Work awesome. to Games. So this is one of the media pass items. I'm not sending you anything anymore. That's it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Fuck. I just uh, god damn it <laughs> and then I, I do i do have one with the logo for each expansion on the front of it yeah that's fucking awesome yeah no yeah. i was like i had it in a box here it's like yeah i'm not gonna use it i'll send it to pyro now now fuck work the game asshole <laughs> <laughs> messing up everything well thanks for the thought <laughs> yeah 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 um but all right guys well we'll go ahead and wrap up here uh it's been a blast again thank you to all the mods the people who support the show everyone that's out there that makes mog talk happen uh i do need to let you all know we won't be doing a show for at least two weeks here uh because next weekend is going to be one of the most pressure-filled weekends i've had with just personal stuff in life uh so we're not doing that um then the expansion comes out and i'm going to be playing the expansion the weekend after that because it just came out <laughs> so maybe the <laughs> weekend after that we will actually have a, another show. Uh, but just hang tight for all that. Um, again, big shout out to Karara, my wife, who is uh, putting up with all my bullshit. Thank you to literally everyone. Uh, I guess that's it. Yeah, let me play my exit video. You guys can, it's a Patreon support video. Watch that for a little bit. We'll do a host here. And then uh, everyone have a wonderful weekend. Bye, everybody. Everybody say bye. bye. <laughs> hey, everyone. Thanks for watching the show. Uh, still a snowman here. I'm unfortunately I didn't have time to kind of set up anything else. I hope this isn't too crazy. Uh, I, I know this doesn't even look like it's working right, but uh, I, I do want to take the time out, uh, even if horribly, to thank the people who do support the show and everything that I do uh, through Patreon. I have a few organizations that help out. Uh, Oc Morning, which is a great raid uh, PVE resource. Uh, if you need to go to a website, find out guides, it's a great place to go. 
TeamCraft, also a wonderful website that you can use for crafting. Uh, then there's Phase Temperance, which is a great organization that puts on events for the PvE community. Now, outside that, we have some just outstanding people who just support the show. Uh, Dude, it's Antonio, D Fury, JJ, Little Dude, Megan C, Mr. Dan, Nami, uh, Nora Dia, Psyche, and Dirk. All thank you so much for everything you do. It's way, way more than I, I deserve here, especially if you look at this avatar and how it's functioning. But I, I again, want to thank all Patreon supporters and everyone who makes this show happen. Uh, we will be seeing you next time. Remember, uh, stay frosty.